Design You Podcast, Episode 15. To celebrate the success of the first 10 Design You Podcast episodes, I have released the Lessons from the Drawing Board ebook, where I share with you the wisdom, the passion, the insights, and the themes captured by our first 10 inspiring guests. To download your copy, pop over to tinamurray.com and be inspired to live your best life. Are you ready to create the life you really want? Welcome to the Design You Podcast, where I talk to everyday people who know life can be done differently with a clear mindset, positive attitude, openness to growth, and their willingness to take life to the next level. Get ready to design you. Hi guys, Tina Murray here. Today I'm welcoming to the drawing board, Nigel Travis. Nigel is a self-taught photographer and a willing student of life. Trained as a hydrogeologist, his curiosity of the natural world has spilt over to become his defining passion, with his work blurring the boundaries between science, art and documentary. Art and photography have elevated Nigel from depression into a narrative of self-expression and a deep appreciation for life. Join me as I chat with Nigel about depression, courage and seeing the everyday from a whole new perspective. Hi, Nigel, and thanks so much for joining me on the Design New Podcast. How are you today? Hi, Tina. Thanks for having me along. Um, I'm doing really good today. I'm a little yeah. nervous. It's not my normal thing, but excited and ready to get into it. Well, thanks for getting out of your nerves and stepping up and, and getting into it because you're an artist, so I take it that you would much rather be spending your time in your art rather than talking to people like me. <laughs> Much more of a comfort place for me, absolutely, which is why doing this is so awesome. Got to get out of your comfort zone. Absolutely. And how did you get into the art you do? So in fact, explain your art first, please. Okay. It's a hard thing to explain. It's <laughs> best way I can describe it is it's taking parts of everyday life and trying to make people look different at it. So I'm part artist, part scientist, part photographer. Mm-hmm. And I get household chemicals and I display them in a way that's hopefully making you look at them very differently. Mm. Um, It's all very abstract. It's full of colour and vibrancy, hopefully some movement. It's got my emotion in it, but the whole point of it is to try and make people look at at the boring bits of their daily lives, the things that they don't even consider Mm. on a day-to-day basis and look at them in a slightly different way, Mm. see, see beauty in them. You can see beauty in dirt if you really look hard enough and you look wow. at it from a certain point of view. Yeah. You see the bugs in it or whatever it might be, but you have to change the way you look at it to do it. And that's yep. kind of the point of the artwork. Oh, wow. So was that something that evolved over time or you threw yourself into it? Um, it's a, a fairly windy kind of a story. I was working at Bunnings in the paint shop. Mm -hmm. Uh, mixing everybody's paint, getting all the perfect colour and, you know, doing all the best I can for serving people and making them happy. And every now and again you would get this tin of paint that would would have been sitting on the shelf for ages. Mm -hmm. And as you put the tints into it, this amazing kaleidoscope of colours would occasionally come through, beautiful patterns, and then 10 seconds later I'd put it in the mixer and the Mm -hmm. beautiful pattern's gone. And I'm like, wow, it's such a shame that people don't get to see that. And every now and again it come up and I'm like a bit of an avid photographer but 
not a professional by any stretch of the imagination. I'm like, oh, I really want to capture this sort of stuff. And I just started playing around with it for fun. Okay. And then I noticed that, well, what I was doing, I wasn't able to do exactly, to exactly replicate what was happening at, at work at Bunnings. Sure. Because I had nowhere to put all the heavy chemicals and stuff like that. I didn't want to kind of have this sort of landfill sort of spot somewhere. That wasn't a good idea. So I, I just took stuff from around the kitchen, around the cupboards, uh, garage, whatever, and I just started mixing them and playing with them. And all of a sudden I find that I'm creating this stuff and I'm like, wow, I, I really like that. I'm happy to hang that on my own wall. And then yep. from there it just kept developing and going and now I've got cupboards of chemicals and I just sit there and I can choose this and choose that and I add flames and I do whatever to just oh, wow. create these crazy, amazing pieces of art. So do your neighbours know about this? What's happening next door? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, because there must be some amazing chemical reactions you get, which could be a little bit dangerous if you're not careful. So how do you know what what's to mix and what doesn't, or is this just an experiment? No. Oh, some things are an experiment, but I do a bit of research first. Okay. So. When I, when I know that there's going to be some gases released, things like that, I take it outside. Yep. Or I just don't do it at all. Okay. But generally speaking, it's more the, the interaction of the density layers and the way the colours splash and feel that, that really drives me. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the chemical reactions you get are a bit boring. Okay. If, if it's just like, you know, uh, acids and, and bases, you just get a lo- lovely froth, which is wonderful. Part of it is from knowledge through school, through just general knowledge and understanding. I'm interested in weird, quirky things as a general rule. Okay. So I like, to, I like to know this sort of stuff. So some of it I know, some of it I have to research and really try to get to understand. Mm-hmm. And there's other bits that are a bit of an experiment. The ones that are a bit of an experiment, I tend to take outside <laughs> because I don't know what's going to happen, uh, especially when I start adding the flame and, you know, wow. I get get all the, the safety stuff on and get all the rest of it happening because I really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but that's half the fun of it. Yeah. I get in there, I experiment. Sometimes it just does absolutely nothing. And you go, <laughs> wow, that was fun. <laughs> uh, but other times, yeah, you get these big plumes of fire or you get these crazy frothy chemical reactions. You get all sorts of stuff happening. It's, it's really, really fun. Because your your photos are, the ones I've seen, are extremely colourful. And is that yes. because you're actually adding any colour to it or the chemicals themselves are creating that colour most of the time? The chemicals themselves are doing it. Wow. So I use a lot of, for, for most of my colours, I will use highlights of things like nail polish, mm-hmm. uh, food colouring, mm-hmm. anything along those lines. So anything I can find in the house that has a bit of colour to it, yep, I can utilise that. Okay. And then it's really a case of... A lot of it's in the lighting. Yep. So getting the lighting right will enhance the colours that are there. Mm-hmm. For most of my work, I don't do any photoshopping or anything. It is it is what it is. Yep. And, yeah, it's just about finding that amazing, it's not just the colours, but it's also the forms. A lot of the, the natural forms are just really very fascinating for me. Yeah. So I get lost in just creating them. It's great fun. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's what I love about you because your passion comes through. You've obviously have connected with something that you know, you're saying you get lost in it, and that's what, where we all want to get to when you know we're designing our lives. We want to get lost in our lives and what we're doing and what we're creating. And so, how I know you discovered it while you're working at Bunnings, but how did you know that you wanted to take this further? 
Well, that, that's part of the awesome part about the Bunnings thing. I absolutely hated every second that I was at Bunnings. <laughs> I, love, I love working with the customers and I love working with my team, but Bunnings itself wasn't a fun place for me to be at. Mm-hmm. Um, but out of that, that place of despair, and I, I was quite depressed during a lot of my right. time there. Yeah. So out of all of that came this, this moment of intrigue and a moment of joy, and it was, it was born out of that despair, mm-hmm. which is kind of the fun bit. So as, as it progressed and I, I learned what I was doing, yeah, I just decided that it was time to let go of, of Bunnings. I needed to try something new. Yep. I couldn't stand being in a position where I was unhappy anymore yeah. just going through the motions. So I just made a choice. Yeah. I pulled on all the courage I had at the time mm. and just went for it. Um, yeah. And I've made a hell of a lot of ups and downs since then. Mm-hmm. But do not regret for one second pulling the trigger on that choice. It's just the moment I used courage, Mm. the world changed around me and Mm. my thought processes changed and I started becoming more of how how do I create my vision rather than getting stuck in the everyday Mm. and feeling all, all the heaviness of the everyday expectation. Yep. It just completely transformed the way I thought. Yeah, wow. Um, and it probably doesn't even answer your question. but no, it does. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that, that's the genesis of it for me and the, the massive lesson in it for me is uh, about life in general is use your courage whenever you can. Mm. If you're putting yourself in an uncomfortable position and you might fail and all the rest, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I've failed plenty even since I've changed and used my courage and mm. I'm failing on a day-to-day basis probably. And I'm okay with that because every time I fail, I learn something new. Yeah. And I get get more refined in the life that I want to make for myself. Yeah. And I think um, too with what you're, you do, our work that you're doing, I think there's two really nice correlations with that. Number one, it is using everyday chemicals and you're seeing it differently. And what you're really saying is you're getting caught up in the everyday Whereas now when you're getting caught up in the everyday, you're getting caught up with stuff that people to help people see things differently. So you've seen things differently. And the other thing that's beautiful about it is that you taking that courage, knowing that you can fail, your artwork is all about potential to fail because you don't know what's coming. Every time you mix chemicals, you've got some ideas about what might be happening. Correct. But you never know. And that's what life's like, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I have with my, with my art, I've got, sometimes I've got a really solid idea in mind and I know what the chemicals are going to do. And then they do the complete opposite. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) And that's cool. That's cool. And other times I have no idea what I'm doing and it's a pure experiment and it's awesome and fun. Mm. And then half the time, nothing works at all. And either way, it's all good. And that's part of it. It's, it is a bit of a, can't think of the right word, but it's a bit of an analogy for life in general. You're right. Yeah. And have you found that it's changed? I know you've said it's actually changed how you feel about your own life, but do you you find that going through those processes that you do with your art actually helps you in everyday life, that you've been able to take some of this courage and seeing things differently into how you approach life now? It does. Starting at the time when I was at Bunnings, it was at one point, one of the only things I could connect with mm. um, when I was depressed, disconnection was rampant. I, I was disconnected from family, friends, even my kids, just 
there was a, a big feeling of of just not fitting in and just not being a part of life. Mm-hmm. And that, for those moments where I was making those experiments and making the art, was a place where I could connect with life again. Yeah, nice. And that has then spread. So I've used that and it's helped me reconnect with other parts of my life. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's still integral to to the way I go about my everyday life. Mm. I get frustrated now because I have higher expectations of what I do with it and when they don't work, it gets pretty damn frustrating. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I use it as sometimes if I've had a bit of a rough day, mm-hmm. I'll go and I'll sit there and I'll experiment and I'll just get that buzz and that feeling coming back into me and it'll help me reconnect with life again. So, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. I find it very, very helpful for me. I think too the beauty of your artwork is I imagine everybody sees different things in them and that must be really exciting hearing people describe your art in ways that you probably wouldn't even imagine. That That's one of the tricks, well, one of the hard things for me as an artist is I don't want to explain to people what it is that drove me or what it is that I see in a particular piece. Mm-hmm. I want to hear first what they have to say about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets a bit tricky because most people want to hear what I <laughs> think about it first. So it's a bit of a bit of a race of chicken sort of thing. But yeah, I, I do love when I hear new things. So the one behind me just there, mm-hmm. um, which you probably can't see too well in, in this video, but I see it as a bit of an embryonic sort of a, a picture. Mm-hmm. Others see it as a space scene. I've mm. had somebody that could be a surfer in it. I've had all sorts of things going on. And, yeah, every time somebody pulls out something new, I'm like, okay, I didn't see that. <laughs> but, you know, I, the best way to describe it, I guess it's like looking at clouds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can spend a couple of hours looking at a cloud and going, oh, there's that and there's a dragon <laughs> and there's this. I try. I hope that people can get the same sort of thing out of my artwork, effectively. Yeah. yeah. And where can you see that it will develop? Is that something that it will develop because it's a photo? But <laughs> <laughs> pardon the pun. But where do you see this continuing? Because I assume, as an artist, as you said, your expectations for yourself and for your art are getting higher and higher. So, do you put that sort of pressure on yourself to to expand this in other ways, or oh? Yeah, yeah, I do. And sometimes it I probably almost put too much pressure on myself to do so and I lose that that feeling of joy that I can get from it with mm. the expectation. So that's a fine line I have to tread there. Mm. Yeah, because it's also now my business, mm. it's it's easy to lose the passion for mm. something when you're driven by other motivations with it as well. Yeah. So I still love what I do, but if I yeah, if I have to refine what I'm doing for a certain audience. It just doesn't feel right to me. So mm. that can be a little frustrating. But I have countless ideas in my head about where I want to take this stuff. I haven't been able to enact a lot of them yet, but mm-hmm. I'm always coming up with new ideas and I've I've got plenty of plans in place to, to make it bigger, better and wilder mm-hmm. as time goes on. Mm-hmm. But also I'm starting to explore other forms of art, so more traditional painting, Eventually, within about a year, once I'm sorted with a few other things, I'm going to get into glass blowing, and I'm going to to bring some of what I do here into a glass blowing format. Mm. So I've got plenty of plans to where I want to take it, mm. but it's you got to do one step at a time. 
Yeah. And that's, I think that's the beauty of what you've just shared is everything is one step at a time. When we don't take this step is when we don't get anywhere closer to it, but having that big picture and just knowing that bit by bit we can get towards it, but it has does start, as you say, with that one step. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, I think, as I said before, it's, it's the courage that mm. drives me. And sometimes I even forget that myself. It's a massive life lesson for me. And I have to reaffirm that to myself constantly when I don't achieve the things that I want to want to achieve and I get low on myself and mm. my self-worth drops down things like that it's a case of you've got to pick yourself back up and you consciously just put in that that effort to to be uncomfortable and to mm. to strive for things that are that you know are going to be difficult but mm. every time I've done it whether I succeed or fail I'm rewarded mm. one way or another mm. That's where the balance comes, doesn't it? It is a fine line because we need to take risks. We need to step out of our comfort zone to get the rewards. And as you said, even failing is a reward. I, being a creative person myself, I, I'm not fear, fearful of change at all because I work with clients all the time as a designer going through change and I see how difficult it is, but I also see what comes out the other end. So I'm lucky enough to have seen the benefits from it. But what I um, love about what you're talking about is you are talking about taking that courage and it's like you're tapping into it every time you get a bit low, a bit hard on yourself, you have that as a benchmark and go, you know what, I have got the courage, I've done it before. Am I putting words in your mouth or is that how it... No, that's that's actually pretty accurate because... Um, because of my history with the depression and stuff, it's it's a cyclical thing. And sometimes if I forget to stay on top of certain certain parts of my life that I've got in place to keep me yep. going the way I want, I will fall back into those old habits. Sure. But by having used my courage and I know that I've used it, when I when I hit a certain place going backwards, I I can just sort of pull pull on myself and go, Come on, you can do it and just mm. reach and claw my way back up out of what can sometimes be a pretty horrible abyss. Yeah. And I've found that I guess the best way I can put it, like talking about depression is a pretty hard sort of topic. It's brave um, you do it. I'm really glad you are. Everybody is, the way it affects them, every, everybody is slightly different. Sure. For me, my depression was rather, it's almost like an isolating circle. Mm-hmm. So I would get depressed. I would want to isolate myself because I didn't feel good about myself mm-hmm. and I would be pushing everybody away, which would make me feel even worse. Mm-hmm. And so the cycle just pulls you down in a vortex very, very quickly. Yes. And by using, by using courage, by, by understanding that, that my self-worth is, somebody told me recently that self-worth is pretty much an emotion Okay. Rather than anything else, mm-hmm. it's kind of like anger or happiness. It tells you that something is right or wrong in your life. Okay. And it's an indication of things that need changing. Yeah. So when I feel that my self-worth is is dropping, mm-hmm. it's I've now, I guess, told myself that when I can feel that happening, it's a sign that things aren't right and I need to make changes. Mm-hmm. As soon as I appreciate that things need changing, then that's where I can pull on my courage and go, all right, what needs changing? How do I change it? How do I get there? And then I can start focusing on that rebuilding process and mm. and attacking the goals that I want to make the life that I want. Mm. Instead of spiraling down the wrong way, it's a spiral upwards yeah. to more positive thinking and more 
it's not even so much positive thinking. It's more action-based uh, and fulfillment-based lifestyle. Mm. And it's it's not a simple road and I have lots of ups and lots of downs still, but the percentage five years ago I would have been 90% depressed, if you can put it in that sort of term, mm-hmm. 10% happy days. Mm-hmm. Now it's probably the complete opposite mm-hmm. where I'll, I'll have 10% down days, 90% up days, and that's probably relatively normal, I would have thought, for most people, you know, ups and downs sort of thing. Um, and it's a huge change. And all from done a lot of personal work on myself, but, mm-hmm. but those key elements of understanding when you're going down yep. and reaching a benchmark where, okay, now I know I've gone too far, it's time to change. Yeah. A little bit waffly there, but. Not at all. No, I think it's awesome that you've shared that because, as you said, most people don't talk about depression and it is isolating and we don't understand it as a community and we don't know how to reach out for people. So I think the more we can share it is lovely that that you have done that. Thank you. Um, I'll say I wouldn't even know how to reach out to somebody who's mm-hmm. depressed and I've suffered from it because it's got to be an internal thing. You, I've had people that came to me while I was at my lowest ebbs trying to help, mm. but because I'm pushing them away, yeah. I'm not open to whatever it is that they're offering me. Yeah. So it's a very, very hard line to walk as to how much to offer somebody a support and how much to kick them up the ass <laughs> or just to leave them alone. It's a, it's a really fine balance and everyone's yeah. unique, so it's, it's not an easy space to work in. Of course. And coming back to your self-worth, because I think uh, it's very brave of you to be working as an artist because you're putting your everything into this work and artwork, as we know, is subjective. Everyone's got an opinion on it, whether it's good or bad. Neither of them are right or wrong. We are allowed to have opinions. But when you're putting so much of yourself into that, it must be really difficult when people don't like your artwork. It can be. It it can be like a bit of a kick in the guts, but then I've got to remind myself that it's just not for them. Yeah. You know, there's seven plus billion people on the planet. Yep. I I don't mind if my artwork's not for everybody. Yeah. There's certain people it is for, and that's cool. I'm happy. I just want to hopefully be able to reach them and get them to think in in unique ways. Mm. You know, I want to change their thoughts. So ideally I'd love them to have... My, my goal for my work is effectively having it in, in office spaces, places that are usually bland and boring. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, if you walk by a hallway and you just happen to glance at it and it takes your fancy for three seconds yep. and your mind just wanders for that three seconds and a little bit of creativity starts yep. and the thought processes bubble and that just starts a little cycle off in your mind. That's, that's kind of what my ambition for my work is, mm. um, is just a little a little touch point for people to get creative again, mm. especially in places that are quite regimented. And so, yeah, they're the people I'm hoping to touch with, yeah, nice. with my work eventually. I can even see it actually in a person's office. So when you're working away on your computer and you're looking up to think about something that you want to say or communicate to someone, that you can get sort of caught for a moment in one of your images and that will actually make you think differently. And so actually using exactly. it as a tool in your office would be really cool. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's the point of my work and that's, mm. well, that's what it is for me. When I come into my house and I look at it, sometimes I've seen them hundreds of times, mm-hmm. but sometimes I'll still look at it and see a different little thing in it and my mind will wander somewhere and then 
it's not about my artwork that I'm thinking about, but it just triggers something and off I go with some other little creative moment. Just It just takes you out of that, that channel that you're in with your thinking yep. and just opens up to new possibilities is the idea. Yeah, possibilities, I like it. Hmm, thanks. So how can that. people get in touch with you? Um, well, you can always call me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, best, the best way to get in touch with me is probably via, you can have a look at my work on my website, mm-hmm. which is www.nigeltravisphotography.com.au. Mm-hmm. I'm on Facebook at Nigel Travis Photography. Yep. And Instagram is The Adventures of the Alchemist. Beautiful. I like it. Yes. Nice. So there's a few, a few different options there, a few crazy, fun, quirky things hopefully happening. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, see what you think. Give me right. some feedback. <laughs> of course. Well, maybe not. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I love your artwork. When um, you. I always ask my, my guests where they see themselves in 50 years. So Ooh, you, 50? Years time, where do you think you'd be? Who will be around you? What's your ideal? Ooh, 50 years' time. Let's see. Well, I'll be, I'll be jumping out of aeroplanes, I think. Good. I'll be, I'll be just about 90. So, you know, that's, that's a fair effort. Mm-hmm. I just want to be, I want to be exploring the world. Yeah. I want to be creating new things, whether it's writing books or still creating new artworks. But I want to keep challenging myself as to what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really about exploring and about adventures and, and moments in time. I want to be around awesome friends and family mm. is probably the pinnacle of all of that yep. because without that, all the adventures in the world are a little bit little bit lacking, mm-hmm. for want of a better term. So surrounded by awesome friends and family and still exploring the world with a smile on my face would be bloody awesome. I love it. So if you were going to leave something with our community, how we could design our best life, what would you like to share? Go for it. Just honestly sit down for 10 minutes and dream what you want to do. I don't care how big, how outlandish, how crazy it sounds and just take a first step. Use use some courage. It's scary. It's daunting. It's frightening. It probably doesn't even feel possible. Just tap into whatever courage you can find and take a step, one step at a time and make it happen. And it doesn't matter if in five years that vision that you had is not the vision that you've got because in five years the vision is going to change. Mm-hmm. Keep changing it, keep updating it, and keep using that courage. Mm. That is that's amazing. <laughs> I think that's brilliant. I think that's really sage advice and you are showing us another way to look at the world, not only through your artwork but through what you share too when, you know, with conversations like this. So I really appreciate your time today, Nigel. It's been wonderful. Thank you, Tina. Thanks for having me on. It's been A very nerve-wracking pleasure. (laughs) No, and I do appreciate that and I especially appreciate you speaking about depression because I think it's a really valuable thing for for people to talk about and to share so that they know that they're not alone, that even though it feels different for each of us, there is opportunities to step past that and to move forward as you have. Thank you. Are you ready to create the life you want? Pop over to tinamurray.com to grab your free copy of the Design New Cheat Sheet and start creating the life you want right now. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Design New Podcast. You'll find the show notes over at tinamurray.com. Can't wait to see what you create. 
as you design it, communicate it and live it. 